welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. And we thank Him for His mercy and His grace all that he's been doing this morning. I'm excited about being in the house of the Lord. And I praise the Lord for the liberty that we have to express praise to him in, in different ways. Um, some of you, as you grow in the Lord, you get comfortable during praise and worship to raise your hands. And and when you're not clapping, if it's a fast song, you're usually getting with it, clapping and shouting. Some will hop and some will get out of the aisles and come stand down here. And it's okay because we're giving God praise. Uh, some find the presence of God so overwhelming that they'll often lay in the floor. You know, what are they doing? They're just laying before God saying, Lord, I just want to surrender everything to you. And that's okay too. Some of you may feel times where you just want to sit and cover your head and just say, Lord, I thank you. I love you. That's okay too. Some of you have a shout that will just come out every once in a while. And and uh, that's my heritage. My grandpa, he, I knew when it was coming, when my grandpa was going to shout. You could just see it moving on him. And, and even though I knew it was coming, it still scared me when he did it. Uh, and he would just get this big hoop and this big, this big shout. But it was the Lord moving through him. He was just finding a way to express to God how much, how great he is and how much we love him. So this place we come because we have found hope in Jesus Christ that he's changed our life and we want to give him praise. That's what worship is all about. This morning as you came in, most of you probably got a, an outline and I just want you to, if you're able to, take some notes on that. Bring a pen with you uh, on, on Sunday mornings and, and take some notes there. And it should be real easy to follow this morning. Uh, you'll see up at the top right hand of the screen when I get to those places, there'll be a bullet point and you can kind of fill in the blanks with that and we'll we'll talk about that and walk through the message. And uh, And on Wednesday night... The first part of Wednesday night, the first few minutes are dedicated. Uh, Sister Christine has been doing this uh, uh, for the last few weeks, just walking over some of these notes some, and asking you, what did you get from the from the message? Not what did you get from Pastor Robert. It's not what you got from me. It's what you got from the Word of God, okay? I want you to be clear on this. So take some notes and come back and say, this is what the Lord was saying to me during the message or after I went back and thought about it. It's important that we talk about the Word of God together, and this gives us an opportunity. And... Uh, and also, I want to just say, I'm so excited about this weekend. I'm glad that I'm seeing the sunshine coming out, so it looks like the rain is not going to come. And, and uh, we've had some people working hard. Uh, uh, Sister Bethany's worked hard the last couple of days. Thank you for all you've been doing around the grounds. And Sister Christina came out Friday morning to, to help uh, 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 cut some bushes and trim those up. And I, I wanted to take a picture. I didn't let her know, but she's going to probably embarrass and just say, but she had uh, the, the, the leafless from uh, the bush all over her face, on her neck. And I just 
want to say, this is service. And, and she was so excited about being here. She pulled up uh, Friday morning. She goes, I'm glad that I'm here. She's able to serve. And, and uh, that's the joy of the Lord right there. Uh, I imagine a few years ago, if someone said, hey, we want you to go over to church and cut some shrubs, she'd be like, not me. All right, but the Lord's changed her heart, and now she has a heart of service, and and so uh, we thank you for coming out, and those who were able to help, and. I know it was a Friday morning. I know most of you were like, I just couldn't get there. It's understandable. It was a short notice, but we thank the Lord. He had it all covered, and and uh, we had some benches painted. Thank you for doing that, and they're back in the prayer garden. We've been doing a lot of work around here, and so let's give a hand of appreciation for those who have been able to help out. This message today is hope happens here. Last year, we had the theme hope is here, and, and so we're just keeping that thought of hope. I'm glad for the hope that's in Jesus Christ. And so this morning, uh, I'm going to be preaching from the Old Testament. If you know a little bit about the Bible, it's divided up in two uh, testaments, the Old Testament and New Testament. The Old Testament is before Jesus came uh, to the earth. It has a lot of the history leading to Christ. And, and the New Testament, the beginning of it, uh, we hear the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some of that might be familiar to you. That's the story of Jesus. And then after that, it just shows uh, uh, more history and more stories of what happened when people gave their heart to Jesus. So this morning, we're going to look at the in the Old Testament and the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a, was a prophet in the Old Testament. I mean, God spoke to him to, to give word to the people and a warning about what's going to happen if they don't get their hearts right with God. And so that's where we're going to pick up in this morning. But it's going to have a message of hope. There's always a message of hope, even in the prophets. When uh, when they were doing evil, God says, I want them to change. There's going to be some bad things that's going to happen, but I'm doing this so their hearts will get changed and bent back towards me. So I'm going to go to the book of Jeremiah. It should be easy for you. It's going to be on the screen. And if you want to follow along. So this first kind of fill in the blank, I want you to, to follow along. I've got it real simple this morning, but this is going to be real easy to hear. Sin steals hope. Go ahead and say that with me. Sin steals hope. Let's look at this passage and, and pull some of these thoughts out. Jeremiah chapter 17, starting in verse one. It says the sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron. So it's giving this visual right here of how, how treacherous sin is. It's, it's like it's written with a pen of iron with the point of a diamond engraved. And, and so it's carving in. Sin really carves down and it carves in on, on the tablet of the heart. And on the horns of your altars, uh, if you allow sin in your life, it's going to penetrate to your heart. It's going to, it's going to be written on your heart, engraved in your heart. It, it's almost like it's tattooed there. I want to let you know though, God wants to change that. So hold on. There's hope coming here. But this is what the warning is. It says, while their children remember their altars and their wooden images by the green trees on a, on a high hill. This is just a, a picture just saying that these people, the, the people of Israel who are God's people, they've been straying away from God. And so they built different altars, not altars to God almighty, but they were building altars to false images and they begin to worship them. He's saying, this is what's happening. God is writing sin on their heart because of these, these things. And, and just to let you know how I'm going to share this message. We're just going to go through this passage together. Okay. Verse three on my mountain in the field, I will give as a plunder your wealth. All your treasures and, and your high places of sin with all your borders. God has given this warner. If you stay down this path, I'm going to, I'm going to plunder your wealth. I'm going to plunder your treasures. This is not a message of hope right now. This is a message of condemnation. What's going on here? It's a message of conviction. And I don't want this. And this is the warning that God gave Jeremiah to share with the people because sin steals hope. 
Verse 4 says, and you, even yourself, shall let go your heritage which I gave you. If you understand what took place, uh, this is the, the heritage that these people had. Uh, they were being the, the, the people of God. They had a rich heritage. God wanted to give them the, the promised land, right? They were led out of, the, uh, out of captivity of the Egyptian bondage. They're promised you have a heritage, but I'm going to take that heritage away from you if you now keep your heart away from me. This is what God is saying. And I will cause you to serve your enemies. Now, how many wants to do that? I know you're really quiet today. Some of you want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to serve my enemies. He says, you're going to serve your enemies in a land which you do not know. He says, I'm going to take you from what you do know and take you to a place you don't know. And you're going to serve your enemies. This is a warning that God is giving through Jeremiah. Turn your hearts back to me. For you have kindled a fire in my anger, which shall burn forever. They've been making God angry because they weren't serving him. He gave them the instructions in the word how to serve him, how to to please him, what sacrifices to, to bring to him. Because, let's just boil it down right here, because God's created everything. There is only one God. There's no one else. And he's created us. He's created us to serve him. And, he, and these people here, he created them to serve him. They are to follow him. So when we do it our way and we're not doing it God's way, he gets angry. He has a way for us to follow. And it's not a way that brings shame on us. It's not a way that takes away our joy and takes away pleasures in life. It's a way that gives us joy. It's a, it's a way that gives us hope. It's a way that gives us life and life abundantly when we put our faith in Jesus Christ as we know in the New Testament. So he says, you've made me angry because of the way you've been living. Verse 5 and 6 says this, thus says the Lord, curse is the man. I want you to see the picture that, that the Jeremiah is given from the Lord, what it looks like when you're not serving God. He says, curse is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. But shall inhabit the parched places in their wilderness and salt in a salt land which is not inhabited. He says, you're like a, you're like a shrub in the desert. But here's a hope right here. You ready? But there is, say with me, there is hope in the Lord. This is what Jeremiah says. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Read that last part. Whose hope is in the Lord. This is what it looks like. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. Now, uh, we see this picture here, and, and, and see, a lot of people hear these phrases. I remember being in school my first year of a, a college freshman in a secular school. I was writing a paper, and one of it, I, a phrase I put is like a tree planted by the water. The teacher, either he was trying to, uh, he didn't know anything about the Bible at all, never heard that phrase, but he rebuked what I wrote. He said, that, that doesn't make sense. I'm like... Dude, where are you coming from? That's right from the word of God, you know, and, and maybe he just didn't know the word of God. But look at the picture, like a tree planted by a water. How many gets a picture in mind what that looks like? It's, it's flourishing, right? That's what the scripture says. And that's the way that we need to be. If we're planted in Jesus Christ, the living water, we're going to flourish. We're not going to be like that shrub that's in the desert. He says, which spreads out its root by the river, by the river and will not fear when he comes. 
How many knows in this day when inflation is really high, there's some fear that comes, right? There's some heat on us financially, but we're not going to fear because I'm planted in Jesus Christ. That's what Pastor Martin was trying to teach a little bit earlier when we give our faith and giving of our tithes and our offerings and, and, and just being faithful in our missions, giving all that. I'm not going to fear what the, what the gas prices are. I'm not going to fear what eggs cost. Oh my goodness. Or bacon. But my wife went to get bacon. See, you got to realize we eat bacon in our house and there's six of us. Well, there's five of us now. Oh Lord, Ethan left this and there's five of us, but we're still eating just as much. But anyway, uh, but there, so we have to have a lot of bacon. So they don't buy little packages. They buy the big box at Sam's and it used to be what? $16, something like that. No, 32. Where was I at when I went shopping? But now, but now it's like $55. Oh my goodness. It, it, it's like, do we like bacon that much? And, and, and she said, no, because we didn't get it the last time. And, and but, but I'm not going to fear. The Lord's still going to take care of us. Uh, we may not have bacon, but we'll find something else. Uh, and, uh, but the Lord's going to provide for us. Amen. This is where my hope is. This is what the world needs to know. We have hope in Jesus Christ. So, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Now look at these, this picture here. On the left, if you can see it, uh, there's a picture of a shrub in the desert. It's lifeless and dry. On the right, there's uh, pictures of trees by the by river and it's full of life and beauty. You see that? Now here's the thing. Which one do you want to be? You can choose. Which one do you want to be? Do you want to be the shrub in the desert, away from everything, isolated, dry, and wither, lifeless? Or do you want to have life abundantly in Jesus Christ? And you can make that decision today. And, and that's what water baptism was all about. Those, uh, those folks there, they made a decision. I'm going to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And, and I think the, the Lord, uh, Sister Janelle, that came this morning, she had to leave to go. Or she's going to be leaving here in a little bit to go to work. But she came anyway, she, even though she has to leave early because she wanted to be water baptized. She wanted to be in the house of the Lord so we commend you for making this commitment. Could it be real easy to say, you know what, I'm going to have to leave anyway, so I'm not even going to go. You know, th- th- guess what? That's going to look like a lifeless shrub. But if you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to get planted. I'm going to go as long as I can. If I have to leave in the middle of a message, but I'm going to hear what I can hear. I'm going to grow as I can. The Lord's going to bless that and honor that. So we commend you and we celebrate with you this morning. So I want to look at what destroys hope versus what builds hope. Continuing that same passage, verse 9, it says this, the heart is deceitful above all things. How many can testify to that? Your heart can lead you the wrong way if it's not bent towards Jesus and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Anybody ever scratched your head before? It's like, why am I feeling this way? Why did I act that way? And you're going through that process of life. And, and, you, and if you give it to the Lord, Lord, help me through this. He'll help you through it. it says, I, the, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doing. He knows your heart. He's going to test your heart. He's not going to make you sin, but he's going to, you're going to be some challenges. Are you going to follow me? You're going to follow the world. You're going to follow me. You're going to follow your flesh. What are you going to do? And, and this is a testing, but he will bring us through when we submit to him, when we're planted by him. 
Verse 17 says, as a partridge. Now, I'm going to read this verse in two translations because the first one you may be like, what does this mean? Let me, let me show it to you. As a partridge that broods but does not hatch, so is he who gets riches but not by right. It will leave him in the midst of his days and at the end he will be a fool. That's the New King James Version. Here's what the New Living Translation, just another translation that, that changes just a little bit of the wording and, and to, to make it a little bit easier to read. It says, like a partridge that hatches eggs, she has not laid. So are those who get their wealth by unjust means. At midlife, they will lose their riches. In the end, they will become poor old fools. Now, I want to pause right there and let you know we, we believe his word is, is real and that he's preserved his word for us. He wants us to understand his word. So even, even uh, myself, I know Pastor Martin's done the same thing. We've studied the word for a long time, but there's times we pull up different translations to kind of walk through what is this really saying. And I just want to give you permission. It's okay to do that. I have to do that. He has to do that. And, and we've been in this for a while. I'm saying that I want to grow, so I'm not just going to sit puzzled like, well, I wonder what that meant. No, never mind. I'll just keep going. No, I'm going to go find out. What does it mean? Because the Lord wants to give me some insights. He wants to give you some insights, what his word is saying to us. So what he's saying, it, it matters how you make your money. It matters if you're doing it in a, in a right way or a deceivious way, if, a deceiving way. It matters how we earn our income. And the ones who are not earning it the right way, there's not blessings that's going to keep following them. And so, Lord, help us. Let us be just in the way that we conduct business. And everything that we do, we surrender to you. That, if you do it the wrong way, it destroys hope. If you do it the right way, it builds hope. Verse 12 says this, a glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. So Jeremiah is beginning to say, this is how we really should be responding to God. Not building altars and, and idols that don't glorify him and, and they're false, but we're going to go back to the most holy high place, the, the throne where God sits, and this is where we're going to give our attention. Not the false idols, not to wooden images, but we're going to concentrate that God is in heaven, uh, sitting, sitting on his throne, looking down on us, and we put our faith and trust in him. Oh Lord, the hope of Israel. Now, Jeremiah is going to start sharing this prayer. He calls him the hope of Israel, but here's what it looks like when you don't put your faith and trust in him. He says, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. You're the hope of Israel. Jesus is the hope of our life, but if we don't put our trust in him, we're going to be ashamed. We're going to, we're going to have some things happen in this life that is not going to be pleasing, not going to bring joy. Yeah, there, there, there is some, some seasons of pleasure when people are in sin, but it only lasts for a moment. But the, the joy in the Lord lasts for eternity. Amen. And, and so this is where we put our faith in, in trust. All who forsake you be ashamed, but those who depart from me shall be written in the earth. This is this, this is what the Lord has put on because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Again, he's going back to that picture. The tree that's planted by the river, by the living water is going to flourish. But the one that doesn't put his trust in God, he's like a shrub that's out in the desert. And there's not going to be much life. There's not going to be any hope there. I want to plant myself in Jesus Christ. So say this with me. There is hope in the word. That's why we made this declaration this morning. The, there's hope in the word. 
Now, it's not in your outline, but uh, we can't help but say when we go and thinking about the word that John tells us in John 1 that uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And it's talking about the word became flesh in verse 14. It's Jesus. Jesus is the word. Now, this is the Old Testament. It's leading and it's pointing to Jesus. But we look back at the in the Old Testament. We're like, we see the picture of Jesus there, even though his name wasn't mentioned. And so we wrap it up. There's hope in the word. There's hope in Jesus. There's, there's hope in God. Amen? Amen. So this is Jeremiah's plead, his prayer. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Indeed, they say to me, this is talking about the ones he's been trying to give the word to. They're, they're challenging Jeremiah. Where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. They're asking, what, what is God saying? And there's going to be people who are going to ask, what is God saying? But they're not always wanting to hear what God is saying. They, they may be interested, but they're not ready to change. We've got to be ready to change. Everyone that's watching online this morning, everyone that's hearing this word in this room, you've got to be willing to let your heart be changed by the word of God. Because this is where our hope is. Tomorrow is not promised to us. We don't know how long we're going to be able to, to, to last here. Your life may be taken from you. And, but we also believe in this. Not everybody's going to go by death. There's a day that we're looking for. And the Old Testament is called the day of the Lord when they were going to be taken into captivity. In the New Testament, the day of the Lord is the return of Christ when he steps out on the cloud. And he says to his people, which are those who called his name and said, come into my heart, come home and we believe that there's going to be what we call the rapture uh, those who believe in jesus christ are going to be taken to heaven and some of you may be hearing this for the very first time but let the lord speak to your heart you're hearing truth this morning that these things that we believe it's not just myths it's not fables but it's the word of God that we made a de- declaration that the Lord is coming and he's going to and it sounds like a thief in the night he comes without us knowing it's boom that quick And so, Lord, we submit ourselves to you. We want to hear your word. We want to respond to your word today because there's hope in your word. They're saying, where's the word of the Lord? Let it come. In verse 16, he says, as for me, I have not hurried away from being a shepherd who follows. This is Jeremiah responding back to the Lord. I I haven't hurried away. I've not departed what you've called me to do to be a shepherd to those who follow you. I'm going to I'm going to keep giving them the word. Nor I have desired the woeful day, that day of the Lord. I'm not looking for that day. I know what's going to happen. I'm not just like, Lord, let it come right now. Because he knows what's going to happen. The, the, the devastation, the, those who are going to be killed, those who are going to be taken captivity. He's not just desiring that to take place. But he goes on in his prayer and, and he gets very bold here in a moment. He says, but you know what came out of my lips. It was right there before you. Do not be a terror to me. You are my hope in the day of doom. See, as believers, we have this conflict in us. I'm ready to go home to be in heaven. I'm ready for the Lord to step out on on the on the cloud and call us home. I'm ready for that. But my heart is still saying, wait, Lord, just a little bit longer because I have some friends and family that haven't given their heart to you yet. And, and Lord, I'm pleading with you, Lord, just wait a little bit. Move on their heart. The next time they hear preaching, next time they're in a church service, next time they're driving down the road and they pass a church or they hear something on the radio, Lord, move on their hearts to surrender to you because there is going to be a day where he steps on the cloud and that's going to be the last chance. 
I know that in the revelation, there's going to be some that are, that are left behind and, but don't be that, take a chance. Like I want to try to make it through the tribulation. No, I want to make it to heaven on the first trip. Okay. I'm ready to go. And, and so you've got to be ready to go. This is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So just like Jeremiah, I, I'm, I'm not longing for the day of destruction on everybody that's going to be here. I'm not longing for the tribulation to start. I, I don't want to see people to suffer, but I know what's going to happen to those who don't call on the name of the Lord. And that's what we've got to be. That's why every one of us has been called to that great commission to share the truth of the gospel. I'm not trying to scare them, but to love them, to love Jesus. Verse 18 says, let them be ashamed who persecute me. So Jeremiah is being persecuted for sharing truth. Let them be ashamed, but do not let me be put to shame. Let them be dismayed, but do not let me be dismayed. Bring on them the day of doom. Then he starts changing. He's like, you're going to bring that day to them and destroy them with double destruction. First, he's not looking for that day to come, but in his, in his prayers, like, but because of how evil they become, if they're not going to change their heart, let it come. How many knows that we're living in an evil day right now? It matches what Jeremiah's day was like. Part of me is, is torn that, Lord, I, I, let your grace just extend. Let people get saved. Let people get right in, in their mind and thinking. There's some crazy thinking out there right now. Some unbelievable things that are being taught to children and, and, and people are accepting and believing. It's, it's just, it doesn't even make sense. And so part of me is saying, Lord, take us home and wipe this out so it'll be done. Because there's some that's never going to change their mind. But there's always hope until that last moment. So there's that conflict, right? You, you run into some people sometimes that seem to be so evil, like, Lord, just strike them now. I, just being real. Sometimes we're human, right? We're flesh. So just in the flesh, I'm like, just strike them now. But then in the spirit, I'm like, no, no, no. That's a, that's a soul right there. That, that's somebody that you love and, and you want to change your heart. How many knows that everybody is changeable? There's not one person walking on this earth that God can't change their heart. There's many who've already made a decision that they're never going to follow God. They've, they've already made that decision, but there is always hope for the one that's got a little bit in them saying, I, I feel a little bit guilty when this happens. I, I still feel the Holy Spirit. They may not know what to call it to, or what's happening to them, but they still feel a little bit of a, a, of a pull to get away from evil. There's hope for that person. And some of you in this room were used to be like that, where everybody looked at you. They never thought there was any hope for you. Now you're wearing a t-shirt that says hope is here. Amen. Can I get a witness this morning? Hallelujah. Brother Ira is one of the, I've been reading, he's been writing a little book and I've been reading some of his, his testimony and, and, and he got away from the Lord, but uh, there was praying parents, there was a praying church and now he's in church and he's got it right on. Hope is here. He's a testimony. Amen. I'm going to move to a, another chapter, just the next chapter, verse 18, getting close to being done. There's hope in the word. Look at this picture. Verse 18, or chapter 18, verse 1, it says, Then the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Now, this is, this is a place where they make pottery, and, and, and you've seen the image, maybe see the image right now in your mind of someone sitting there making pottery on a spinning wheel. This is the picture that he's given to Jeremiah. So Jeremiah went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. 
And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. You see the picture here? He, he goes in, peeks in the window, and is looking at the, the potter making some uh, some vessels. And, and, and as he watched him for a while, he shaped this vessel, but then he wasn't pleased with it. There was, there was a defect in it, or it, 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 uh, something happened, and it just wasn't shaping right. And, and so the, the potter decided to reshape it and make it over again. So he, he smashed it down. And, and Jeremiah is watching this, and, and he's watching him reshape the, the vessel to, that pleased him. He wasn't pleased with the first one, but he, he remade it to be pleased. And, and this is what uh, uh, it says in verse 7. Let's go back to verse 8. The word came to the Lord, Lord, house of Israel. Can I not do this with you as a potter? That's verse 6. Can I not do the same thing with you as a potter? Says the Lord, look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Now, he may be speaking to the house of Israel, but he's also speaking to you right now. He can reshape you no matter what you've been through, no matter what you look like, no matter what uh, what things that you've experienced in this life, no matter how marred you may feel or, or this, this form you may become, God is able to reshape you and even do it this morning. Amen? Can I not do this for you? Verse 7. The instant, this is what God is saying. The instance I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck it up, to pull it down and destroy it. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought I will bring upon it. God has a final word. And he's saying, if I speak against a nation and they begin to change, I'm going to, I'm able to change my mind. I'm able to, to, to save that nation. I'm able to keep destruction from happening to them because he's ultimately in control of all things. As soon as I speak concerning, if they will surrender to me, if they will confess me as God, if they will put their hope in me, I'll give them hope. Verse 9 says this, but in the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build it and plant it, if it does evil in my sight... So that it does not obey my voice. Then I will relent concerning the good which I said I would benefit it. How many knows that our nation was built, it was founded, not on religious freedom. But it was founded when the pilgrims came searching to study the word of God. To know the word of God. And their plan was to go back to England to share the word of God. Because where they were at in England, they didn't have free right to read the word of God for themselves, to learn for themselves. So they made a plan, let's escape here, to go and find what the word of God is saying. They, and, and we don't have time to unpack the history of the pilgrims, but it's deep and it's interesting and it's providence of God keeping his hand on a people that the word of God would stand. So our nation wasn't built on religious freedom. I'm sorry, we can't coexist. It, it's not about coexisting. It's about one God and serving one Lord and there's not many many religions that's going to get you to heaven it's jesus christ only 
Yes, there might be different churches and denominations. We get all that. But if they, if they confess Jesus Christ as the only way, that he is the son of God, that he died and was buried and rose again, then if they confess that, they're on their way to heaven. That's what we believe. But if you don't believe the word, you're not going to heaven. You can't just believe anything you want to. You can't put your faith in an idol. You can't put your faith in aliens. You can't put your faith in anything else. Only God can save you. There's hope in his word. And so I'm saying the Lord had his hand on America. But the more we drift, the more you can see the hand of God being lifted. Because more evil is present. Now, he's never going to take his hand off of the church. Someone needs to hear that again. He's never going to take his hand off the church, but he can. Even though we say, God bless America, he may not do it. If we're not serving him as a country. He's going to bless the church, but he may not bless our crops. I know it's awful quiet in here right now, but this is the word. We may pray for gas prices to come down. They may not come down, but the Lord's going to provide for you. See, we want the blessings of God in America, but it's not going to come if we don't put God first. See, there's been a, there's been a move to take God out of the Pledge of Allegiance, right? There's been a move to take him off our currency. Everything that we try to do is like, we, God, we want to give you, and there's people who want to steal it, and they're trying to steal what God wants to do. And I'm letting you know, God's not going to, God's not going to not bless the church, if you can follow my thinking here. God's not going to not bless the church. He's going to bless the church, but it doesn't mean he's going to bless America just because we have it on a coin that nobody uses anymore. Lord, help us, oh God, realize there's hope in you. If it happened in Jeremiah's day, do you know what happened to the people in Jeremiah's day? They were taken into captivity. Oh, that'll never happen to us. It may not happen the same way, but if we don't serve God, destruction is on its way. But those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's hope in Jesus Christ this morning. I know some of you came just to get chicken this morning, but I had to give you some word first. Verse 11, and now, therefore, speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. This is what God is saying to the people of Israel if they're not going to turn their hearts to him. He says, return now, everyone, from his evil ways. He keeps giving a way of hope. And make your ways and you're doing good. Verse 12. And they said, that is hopeless. He gave them a chance. He says, here's what you got to do. Turn back to me. And their response, like many people who respond the same way today, I can't do that. That's hopeless. You can't, me, you can't expect me to line my life up with the word of God. That's hopeless. No, that's where the hope is, is by lining your life up with the word of God. Don't fall in the trap as the people of Israel did to say that's hopeless because here's what happened. So we will walk according to our own plans. This is what they said. We're going to forget what Jeremiah just said with the message of hope. We're going to walk to our own plans and we will everyone obey the, dis, uh, the dictates of his evil heart. We're going to do what we want to do. Hopeless happens when you reject the word. So around here every week, we wrap up the message with something called, let's do the Bible. 
And what I like to give is a challenge for you to look at a couple of passages. A lot of it is from the message. And read over this week and, and let the Lord speak to your heart. And we include a prayer to pray. So this week, I, I want you to go back and read Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. That's the, the story of the, of the potter's will. And put yourself there. God, you can change my heart. You're working on me. I want you to also look at Romans chapter 5. It's a, it's a book in the New Testament. It's after the Gospels. It's after the story of Christ dying and rising again from the dead, raising again from the dead, sitting in heaven and making intercession for us. It's, a, it's how we respond now to the message. And then I want you to pray this prayer. You may do it uh, a couple of times this week. Those who are part of the church and are on our, our texting system, we send this out on Tuesday uh, around 316. I don't know. It doesn't always work out at 316. You're like, why 316? Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's a, that's a keynote verse for us, a key a keystone verse for the, the people of God. We know that God sent his son to die for us, John 316. So around 316 in the afternoon, I'd like to give you a, a word of encouragement. Here's the prayer. Some of you are writing this down and filling it out. Jesus, I have hope in you. Your word reshapes me. I can have peace and I can stand and rejoice in that hope. I take confidence that your grace is greater than my sin. I commit myself to you and your holy church because hope happens here. In the body of Christ. That's what the Holy Church is. Not just a central church of God, but the body of Christ. Hope happens in the body of Christ. Read that with me one time, will you? Pray this. Jesus, I have hope in you. Your word reshapes me. I can have peace and I can stand and rejoice in that hope. I take confidence that your grace is greater than my sin. We've got to stop right there. Hallelujah. His grace is greater than our sin. Amen. Say this last line. I commit myself to you and your holy church because hope happens here. I want you to hear a few more verses as our praise team comes back. Romans chapter 5. Starting verse 1, therefore, having been justified by faith, the faith that we have in God, everything we talked about, putting hope in him, it justifies us when we say, Jesus, come into my heart. That faith, believing that he forgives us of our sins, therefore, having justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you who are not following the Lord, if you're watching online, maybe you're in this room, you, you, you don't have peace. The reason is, is because you're doing your own thing, but God wants to replace that with his peace. He wants to, he wants to replace distress with peace. And you get that by following him. In our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You see where that prayer is coming from now? Right from the scriptures. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. There's going to be some trials in our lives. There's going to be some tribulations in our life. Knowing that here's what happens when we withstand these tribulations because the faith we have in God, because the hope we have in God, this tribulation, it produces perseverance. Anybody know what that is? You're going to hold on. You're not going to let go. You're going to make it through. These tribulations brings this, it produces within us perseverance. And this perseverance produces character. How many knows that our country needs more people of character? I want to be a person of character. 
If you hold on, your character is going to be strengthened. I, 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 I want to be a good person of character, and I want the character I have tomorrow to be said better than the character I have today. I'm growing in him. And this character produces hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I'm going to drop down to verse 18. Listen, the, the end of this chapter says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came into all men. It's talking about Adam. Adam sinned. If you know the story of Adam and Eve, when they sinned, every man born was born into sin. Every person born is born into sin because of that. It resulted in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteousness, this is now talking about Jesus, his righteous act, that free, that free gift came to all men because of Christ dying for us. Now we have this gift of salvation that we can receive, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Where no matter how bad you sin, and when you call on Jesus' name, his grace is superseding that sin, and your your sin will be forgiven no matter how bad it was. Grace abounds more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. As you stand to your feet this morning. Thank you for being here today. Hearing the word of God. And I pray that this word has been encouraging but also challenging to those that need to be challenged to change if you're here this morning and you may say I didn't quite understand everything that you were saying but I did catch this God loves me and he's moving on my heart and I want to follow him I don't know what that looks like yet that's what discipleship is about We'll, we'll walk you through some things will teach you the word of God. You'll get joy by saying, Lord, I I want you in my life. I've been living without you. If you're here this morning without any hesitation, you say, I need to receive the Lord in my heart. Just simply raise your hand right now. I need God in my life. Anyone? If you're watching online, they'll put my number out. I want you to reach out to me today. I want to pray with you. If you've raised your hand, this is the next step. And every one of us who've called on the name of the Lord, we've done this. I want to encourage you. You may say this is a scary thing. It's not that bad, really. Trust me. You'll be blessed. You'll have joy. If you've raised your hand, and I've seen your hand, just go ahead and make your way down this right down here right now. I want to pray with you. I want to talk with you. Don't hesitate. Those who raised their hands or some that did, don't hesitate. Just come on down. Nobody's going to look at you in shame because we've all done. In fact, everybody who's already made that walk before in front of everybody, just go ahead and raise your hands. Like, I've done it before. I walked out. It took a little courage to do it. So you've seen the hands raised. Now, if you've raised your hand, you need to receive the Lord without any hesitation. Come down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. I'll wait for a few moments. Sister Bethany, will you lead us in, in some prayer?